0: and we are back welcome back to another episode of the depressed Cincinnati Sports Fam podcast I'm your host Jesse on this podcast we're going to recap the Cincinnati Bengals win over the Seattle Seahawks last Sunday 17 to 13 a defensive battle inside of Paycor Stadium between both teams after the first half Last week, it was the Bengals' offense in Arizona that lighted up. This past week, it was defense led by defensive line and outstanding play by cornerback Cam Taylor-Britt and also Mike Hilton. And the rest of the defense, Bengals are now 3-3 three and three heading into the bye week, one game out of the division lead in the AFC North. We got your box score recap, positive and negatives. And the Bengals, like I said, 3-3 three and three in the bye week. What's our stance on this team? And then after the bye week, holy hell the schedule gets brutal that what that's what lies ahead for this team and then trivia and other stuff coming up on this podcast episode with my guy tommy stewart tommy we made it through the bye week man this season's going by way too damn fast first of all how you doing sir
1: doing well and yeah it's gone by so fast we're already six games in and into the bye week how are you doing
0: you know what? Last week I was feeling some, you know, some nicks and pains because I'm old. This week I just can't sleep. So I'm, I dude, I am convinced that old age is real for me as I am about to be 31 real soon. And yeah, I just think I'm just getting too old, and I don't think I can able, I don't think I can do this podcast anymore. So you might have to take over for the rest of the whole season. <laughs> okay.
1: Dang. <what laughs> isn't like, your is your, are they playing? on your birthday is your birthday your birthday is what 5 days from now
0: yeah my birthday is on sunday and then the bye week man ah <laughs> oh, of
1: course yeah hey you can I, now hopefully it's better cuz then you can just watch football and not have the stress of the bengal's
0: that is true and i looked at the schedule i was like oh man my birthday lands on the bye week but like <laughs> you said i kind of want a less stress birthday and i yeah yeah i i i'll take this i'll take a bye week and Hopefully a good birthday. But, yeah, my birthday is on Sunday, if y'all didn't know. 31 and not getting any younger. But, anyways, <laughs> let's, do the, let's do the box girl recap of this game. You know what? Leading up to this game, I think myself, and probably you included as well, we all thought this was going to be a shootout. And the first quarter, it was heading that route. So, the Seahawks got the ball to begin the game. And their offense went 11 plays, 75 yards. Took six minutes and 22 seconds off the clock. It ended with Kenneth Walker, one-yard touchdown run that made it 7-0 Seahawks. That was probably the easiest drive the Seahawks have had all season. It was just, they moved down the field with purpose. It was a statement drive. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But you know what? The Bengals' offense was able to respond with a 13 play, 69 yards. Nice. Six minutes and 16 seconds off the clock on first and goal from the Seahawks' eight. Joe Burrow found Tyler Boyd for a touchdown. Tyler Boyd's first touchdown of the season, 7 7 game. Seahawks went three and out. And then the Bengals' offense came back, scored another touchdown, seven plays, 73 yards, three minutes and 22 seconds off the clock. First and goal from the Seahawks three. Joe Burrow, with all the time in the world, found Andre Yoshabas for his first career NFL touchdown. On his 20th birthday, 14-7 Bengals. Then the Seahawks punted, then the Bengals punted, and then the Seahawks added a field goal on their next offensive drive. That went nine plays, 42 yards, took two minutes and 45 seconds off the clock. Myers for the Seahawks nailed a 55-yard field goal, three and out by the Bengals' offense. And then the first half ended with a cam sackle sack on Geno Smith, 14 10 Bengals at the half I'm thinking to myself okay the, the offense looks good even though the Bengals offense punted three times after scoring in their second offensive drive of the game but I was thinking to myself okay regroup get back to second half and score right well Bengals get the ball to begin the half and then Joe Burrow trying to find Jamar Chase on the second play of the drive instead he was picked off by Brown of the Seahawks at the Seahawks 31 It really wasn't a good throw by Joe. And Jamar Chase wasn't really going for the ball at all. And I think me and you were like, what the hell is Joe throwing there? I get why he was trying to find Jamar, but Jamar didn't even try to, you know, get – he didn't try to be a defender at that play. So, I I don't know. That was just a bad play overall. Seahawks get the ball with a great field position. They got it down there to second and goal from the Bengals' three. First play was an in pass. Well, not the first play. Second and goal, Geno Smith threw an incompletion pass, but there was an illegal low block called on the Seahawks. So move it back 15 yards to make it second and goal from the Bengals 18. Geno Smith looking for Jackson Sniff Nick Jigba, and it found the hands of Mike Hilton for a huge interception right there. Big play. The Bengals offense capitalized it. No, they punted. And then the (laughs) the Seagulls, the Seahawks add a field goal on the next drive that went eight plays, 38 yards, took three minutes and 18 seconds off the clock. Once again, they got it down the goal line, first and goal from the Bengals' five. But the Bengals' defense was able to stand tall, holding them to a 23-yard chip shot field goal, 14-13 Bengals. Another Bengals punt. It was pretty much a recurrence all second half of the Bengals' offense. And then on the next Seahawks drive, second and nine from the Seahawks 36. Geno Smith looking for DK Donkey Kong Metcalf. He stopped at his route, and then Cam Taylor-Britt, who was harassing him all game, made a diving interception and returned it for 24 yards. Huge play right there. But did the Bengals capitalize it on offense? Uh, No. They went four plays, zero yards, 16 seconds. They went incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. And then Evan McPherson boomed a pivotal 52-yard field goal early in the fourth quarter to make it 17-13 Bengals. Then a Seahawks punt, another Bengals punt, and then the next drive for the, for the Seahawks. They went 10 plays, 50 yards, 4 minutes and 14 seconds off the clock. They got it down once again to the goal line. First and goal from the Bengals' seven. Trey Henderson had a sack on Geno Smith. Loss of 12 yards. Second and goal from the Bengals, 19. Incomplete pass. Third and goal, 13 yard completion of Jackson Smith and the Jigba. And then on fourth and goal, obviously, they're going to go for it. And then Sam Hubbard sacked Geno Smith. And you're thinking ball game, right? Oh, Bengals are going to run down the clock. They proceeded to go three and out. And when incomplete where Joe Burrow was trying to find someone. Well, he didn't because nobody was even near the area of the ball where he was trying to throw it deep. And then a run play and then an offensive pass interference on T. Higgins. That was just – I was screaming. I wanted to throw my remote, but I didn't want to break it. But that was just terrible. Like, what are we doing here? So, final drive of the game by the Seahawks. Geno Smith found Tyler Lockett for a huge 36-yard reception that set up the Seahawks at first and 10 from the Bengals' 11. Bengals' defense once again are asked to save the day. Oh, my goodness. Kenneth Walker ran for two yards, timeout Bengals, incomplete pass, timeout Cincinnati, timeout Seattle. And then on fourth and eight from the Bengals' nine, Geno Smith's last-ditch effort was stopped On a great rush by B.J. Hill and Sam Hubbard that forced an incomplete pass. Turnover on downs. Game over. Bengals win 17-13. Final stats. Joe Burr. His first two offensive drives of the game. Touchdowns. It looked like he was going to go for over 300 yards. This man's final stat. 24 for 35 for 185. Motherfucker didn't go for 200 yards. Two touchdowns. One pick, he was sacked three times. He had a QBR of 36.5. Joe Mixon, 12 carries, 38 yards. Jamar Chase, six catches, 80 yards on 13 targets. Tyler Boy, seven catches, 38 yards. That touchdown he had in the first drive. T. Higgins, two catches, two yards. And then I don't know why I put this on here, but Irv Smith had one catch <laughs> for five yards. <laughs> but overall, the defense was the MVP of this game. Cam Taylor Britt on his birthday as well locked it down. Like I said, he was harassing Medcalf. Mike Hilton with a huge interception, and then the Bengals defensive line wrecked habit all day long on the Seahawks offensive line, especially down the stretch of the game when they needed them to do their thing. Ugh, big win right there. Thank God for Lou and and their defense. The offense is. It's a it's a head scratcher right now. So that is your box score recap. Tommy, anything to add before we go to our positives and negatives?
1: Not necessarily about the box score, but a couple of things. Um I listened to your instant reaction this morning when I was on a walk. And one, I liked when it was a close game, getting to hear like the commentary from you. So that one was fun. I kind of liked those. If we're if we're in those situations, those were it was entertaining. Oh God. and two um, I noticed a couple a couple 69 jokes during the Instant Reaction podcast and during the intro to this one. So I'm glad, even though it's about to be your 31st birthday, that you're staying young at heart.
0: <laughs> I have to, man. I have to. And by the way, that Instant Reaction podcast where I was watching the game live and commentary, I got a lot of good feedback from people. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to do that again because that was too much.
1: <laughs> That's true. I mean, if it's too stressful for you, definitely don't do it. And who knows how often we'll be in situations where it comes oh. down to a drive like that. Who knows?
0: Oh.
1: But I'm sure we'll oh, be no, that. No,
0: no. Oh, no, 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 dude. There, there's going to be a lot of situations like that as we hit the second half of the football season. Don't you worry. Yeah. I might do that probably <sighs> – maybe uh... – Twice? Maybe three times? We'll see. We'll see. It depends on my mood. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's get through my positives of this game. The first positive, the Bengals' offense. Those first two drives of the game was just perfect. Joe Burrow was red hot. hot. It looked like the offense was about to score 40 on the Seahawks' defense. Joe started the game 9-for-11 on the opening drive. At one point, He had 13 straight completions. He was 13 for 15 for 123, two tutties, and a QB rating of 140.4. And then for the rest of the game, this man had, overall, he had 185 yards of passing. I have no idea. That's one of my negatives as I get to the negatives. But it just looked like the Bengals offense that we expected with him healthy heading into the season it it, it it was it looked easy for them I just don't know what happened after that but we'll talk about that later and then obviously the match of the, the matchup of the game that I was looking forward to and especially you as well Tommy was the matchup between cam Taylor Britt and DK madcalf safe to say that cam was the winner of this battle yes DK had four catches. 69 yards. Nice. Another one. My God. But the majority of the game, CTB was physical with him and pretty much just made life difficult for Donkey Kong Medcap. Like, I can tell DK was getting frustrated. He had a penalty where, like, can't tell if it didn't do anything. And he literally pushed CTB to the ground that drew a penalty. And it's like, dude, like, you're being kids show, but you're being a pussy right there. Like, what? You're just mad because he's locking you up? Don't be mad. And granted, there was a couple of times where Geno Smith did miss DK. DK was open in a couple of plays, but you gotta credit that Bengals defensive line to getting pressure on Geno because the Bengals defensive line didn't have the game they had on Sunday. Metcalf probably would have had like two touchdowns and probably would have had like over 100 yards receiving, but Shout out to the Bengals defensive line for not making that happen. CTB's final stat line, is pretty crazy. Seven tackles, two tackle for losses, two quarterback hits, three pass deflections, and that interception, his second in many games. Oh, I love CTB. We were all excited when the Bengals drafted him in last year's draft, and he's turning into, like, a really, really good player, and – I think a lot of people around the league are starting to talk about him. And speaking of the Bengals defensive line, as i always been talking about them during this podcast, they were on point in this game and the reason why they won. Four sacks. So here's the win rate percentage in this game by the Bengals defensive line. Cam Sample, three pressures, 36.4%. Trey Henderson, five pressures, 24.2%. DJ Reader, five pressures. 20.0%. BJ Hill, six pressures, 14.3%. And then Sam Hubbard, six pressures, 12.8%. Sam Hubbard had a really good game. I think this is Hubbard's best game so far in 2023. The Bengals became the fourth defense to have four different players generate at least six pressures in a game since 2020. Like I said, defensive end Cam Sample- on the podcast where we did our preview for the Bengal season, I said that Cam Sample was going to be like a sneaky, underrated type of player that might have um, not a breakout year, but a, like, a, like a quiet good year. In this game, he played his best game as a Bengal, playing 17 defensive snaps. Sample had 12 pass rushes, 86.0 pro football focus pass rush grade, one sack, three pressures. One quarterback hit, one hurry, and one run stop. Great game by Sample, and I hope that this game can give him more confidence, and he can be consistent because he has a, he has the ability to play like that. So really good for Cam Sample, and then rookie cornerback DJ Turner is the future cornerback one for this team, and so far in this rookie campaign, he is. He's living up to that potential. 144 cover snaps, 15 targets, five receptions allowed, 43 yards, zero touchdowns allowed, two passes defense, and a 42.4 passer rating allowed. This is all facing off against good receivers so far this year, like Medcalf, Marquise Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins. So good for DJ Turner. He is just gaining more confidence as the weeks goes along, and the, the moment's not too big for him. And there's a reason why, after the draft, I did my draft recap, this was the best draft pick so far this year by the Bengals. Well, it's the best draft pick the Bengals did this year in DJ Turner. Future QB, QB, cornerback one. Now, the offensive line surrendered three sacks, but overall I thought the O-line was decent in this game. Orlando Brown Jr., Unfortunately, he hurt his groin during the game, so he missed pretty much the end of the game, but he's going to be okay. Thankfully, the bye week is here, and he can just heal that groin. But in this game, he had 28 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed, and zero pressures allowed. So Brown Jr. had a good game. And then our boy Cordell Volson. <laughs> Usually we have the like annual slander of Cordell Volson, but there's not going to be any slander on this podcast, on this episode of Tommy on Cordell. He actually played his best game of the season so far. You're probably saying, really? Yeah, he did. He had 54 snaps, 40 pass block sets, 73.4 pro football focus pass block rate. He allowed that one sack, which was horrible. One pressure allowed. Zero quarterback hits. Zero hurries allowed. Well, that's a quarterback kick. Okay, that, that was wrong. One quarterback hit, obviously, the sack, zero hurries allowed, and a 97.4% pass block efficiency by our boy Cordell Volson. Now, he still is whack. Okay, let's just, <laughs> he's still whack, but I'll give him his praise for having <sighs> a decent game. This is Cordell Volson's standards. This is a, actually a really good game for him. Is that going to happen often? No. (laughs) So those are my positives from this game. What do you got, my man?
1: Honestly, a lot of the very similar or the same ones. First one off the bat is that DJ Turner is legit. CTB is legit. I really like both of them. I think we have an incredible young core of cornerbacks to go with Awuzie and Hilton back there with some vets as well. So I like the corner room right now. DJ Turner has been playing excellent. And I know that C T B got burnt a couple of times, um, but a couple Gino didn't really make him pay and actually hit those routes when he did, and he had time to catch up on the times that on the other times. So he played really, really well. DK Metcalf is a tough, a tough guy to guard. He's jacked and pretty fast and tall. So it's like it's hard to play against him. I think he did an excellent job. And you could see that he was doing an awesome job because of how frustrated DK was getting. You mentioned these same stats, so I won't dive much into them more. But Drew Sample is ranked oh. number one in pass blocking grade <laughs> among all tight ends, which is just crazy. And I guess we're probably not using him as often because he, I guess he can't catch or can't run routes super effectively because if he can run routes even slightly effectively... I think that we should have him in on way more plays. I don't actually, I didn't pull the stats for how often he's in on plays for both runs and passing plays, but I just think we could try to get him more involved because the, I mean, we can never have too many guys that are actually good at blocking, even if it's a tight end. I say put him in there more often, then we can sneak him out on a couple tight end routes that maybe he can run a seam every once in a while. And Lord knows he'll be better than Irv Smith Jr. So um, on catching balls so we'll get into that (laughs) part later but i think he's been playing really well trey hendrickson is a psycho edge rusher and his performance so far this year um through the first six games has been excellent and exactly what this team needed we had such problems getting after the quarterback last year and at the very very early part of this year so your pick for Trey to lead the league in sacks he's been living up to the name and to the guests and (laughs) He's been <laughs> kicking butt, so um, good for him. I'm happy that it's going well, and let's just hope he stays healthy so we can keep using those hands to punch people in the in the in the hands and get around them. Also, uh, Cam Sample, the other sample you mentioned the stats already, but an 86 Pro Football Focus pass rush grade, really really good job in this game, and he's kind of coming almost out of nowhere because we know that Trey and Sam are the two starters on the edge there, but we've had some really, really good guys to add depth and give those two guys, Sam and Trey, a little bit of a break every once in a while and know that we're not just sending some guy in so they can get a breather knowing that they're not going to get anything done. He actually has been playing really well. And we know Joseph Asai has the ability to get there too. So the defensive line has done really well so far, but especially in this game and they got after Geno Smith and made him uncomfortable a lot of times. There are a lot of defensive positives as well. Um, So we mentioned the corner room. We mentioned the edges already. Um, Jermaine and Logan seem to find the ball and just be around every play, no matter what it is anyways. They're always there. And it feels like even though, I mean, we know that we have a lot of talented guys on the roster, but if you look like on paper, we might not have the defense that like the 49ers have or the Jets have or the Cowboys or someone who's like star studded roster, it feels like. But I still feel like we are an annoying ass defense to play, it seems, because the corners play well, the edges get after you quickly, BJ Hill and DJ Reader blow up the middle so they get after you from the middle too. So I, I like I really like our defense, how they've played so far, and it might not show up quite exactly super well on the stat sheet, just because there are a lot of times when I think they're put in compromising situations. Um, because of how lackluster the offense can be at times, especially in the first couple games of the year. And so I think that it's a little bit skewed from that, but overall I'm I'm impressed with how they played in this game and um, holding them to less than 20 points and making it happen on that last drive, even though they were at first and goal to go up to win the game. So excellent job by them for Lou knows what he's doing and good job to close it out. And right now, a positive, it just shows that, like, right now, it seems like we can win close games if we rely on our defense. Last year, a lot of times what would happen is we would play good defense in the second half, but the first half we would go down a little bit, and then we had to rely on Burrow and the offense to get us Ws. And a lot of the times that worked. seems like so far this year with Burrow's injury and whatnot that we're almost doing the opposite, where we're going to score more maybe, like in the second and third quarters, not so much mm-hmm. in the first, apparently, but and even more recently, we hadn't had a first half touchdown. But I think that we're it seems different that we're not relying on Burrow to go down get game winning drives every other game, but instead we're relying on our defense to hold a lead and make sure that we don't ruin it. I'm okay with that recipe because I feel like I trust the defense more than the offense right now. But the offense has been really explosive and had an awesome, awesome. Last few games as well, even if sometimes there's definitely some dry spells and lackluster play calling, which we will talk about as well later. But Logan Wilson, some stats 11 total tackles, nine solo tackles, one sack, one QB hit, two tackles for loss. As I mentioned, he's just all over the place. He's always involved, always going to be a positive in my mind anytime that he's healthy and playing. Geno Smith had zero pass touchdowns, which is excellent, and two turnovers, and our which adds to our plus five turnover differential, which is sixth in the NFL. So not only are we not turning the ball over at a crazy high clip, but we're also forcing a lot of turnovers from a lot of people, which I am very excited about and glad that we could. We know we have struggles um, at times with the rushing defense, but the passing defense held up as best as you can ask for and the the, this is kind of a positive and a negative so i'll get this one to the negatives as well but the positive part is that we were two for two on touchdowns on our red zone trips the negative that i'll get to and explain more is that there were two red zone trips is very low but we were two for two so every time we were in the red zone we ended with six so good job team a lot of positives i think we looked not great at times, but overall, I think if you look back at the game, we had a really, really solid game against a very good team with a talented roster and a smart head coach and felt like we outdueled them and good to get back to 500 going into a bye week.
0: Yeah, those are all good positives, sir. I think one positive that I forgot to mention is the Bengals' run defense allowed only 62 yards on 19 carries to Kenneth Walker the third. It's true. That first, the first drive of the Seahawks, when they just marched right down the field, it looked like Kenneth Walker was going to go for, like, over 150. But shout-out to the Bengals defensive line for just making it difficult on him. He only had 3.3 average yards per rush. That's That's really good. And, I mean, overall, 87 rushing yards by the Seahawks. Shit! If you would have told me that before the game, I'm like, "Oh hell yeah, we're winning this game for sure, absolutely." So, Bengals defense—they—they they really stepped up big time. Okay, so my negatives—I oh <laughs> only have like I only put one negative, and all I said was, "What the fuck happened to the offense?" Yeah, for real. <laughs> because yeah, because the first two drives of the game. Like I said. It was perfect. It was so ideal. And then after that, it went, let's see, punt, only five plays. Three and a half in the first half. Second half, interception. And then the next six plays, punt. (laughs) Five plays, punt. Field goal, but the Bengals got the pick by CTB. And then they had no yards after that. And then punt, five plays. And then three and out punt on the last offensive drive of the game. I, I don't get it, and I know you went off on Zach Taylor, and because I, I saw your messages, and I was like, oh boy, Tommy, Tommy's going, Tommy's going off, and I'm like, listen, I'm just gonna let him just, just vent. But obviously, we can turn it to Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan for just being just too, I wouldn't say conservative, but it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But Joe Burr is the, the part of the blame for this as well. He looked bad. Like he over, some of those passes, like he just overthrew them to his receivers. And a couple of my friends were at the game and they were saying, there was a couple of times during the second half where, there was one play where Joe Burrow had Tyler Boyd wide open and I think that I think that was a play where Joe Burrow threw it and it hit Tyler Boyd in the back of the of the pads or something like that. And I'm like what's wrong with this man? It's not his calf. People are saying, "Oh, oh, he might have been injured the calf." I don't think it is. I just think Joe just played really bad. And that's just so on Joe Burrow like and he had one play where he was scrambling around and got probably the most dramatic two-yard completion in NFL history. So it's it's not his calf. I just think that he didn't play so well. And you saw it after the game when he was talking with, um, I believe that CBS reporter. You can tell he was mad. He was like, yeah, I got to be better, obviously. And then during the presser, he, he knows that he didn't play well, but he also did say that. He's not going to apologize for a victory. Yeah, the Bengals' defense stepped up, and obviously the offense did its thing in Arizona, but the defense picked up the offense in this game. But this bye week is coming at a right time because there are so many things that the Bengals need to fix, especially on offense and also on defense too. Everything needs to be fixed, but I'd rather – be three and three than two and four. That was the goal heading into the Cardinals game. We looked at these next two games between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. If you get the three and three in the bye week, you feel pretty good. But they would have lost this game and go to two and four and looming ahead as the 49ers after the bye week, I would have been like, shit, season could be on jeopardy. But it's good to get a win in this game knowing that there's so many shit that this team needs to fix. And also, yo, I might have to take back my prediction on thinking that Irv Smith Jr. Yeah. was going to be Joe Burrow's best tight end he's ever had here in Cincinnati. I, I like the guy. I During training camp, he was working his ass off, you know, staying in after practice and getting more catches and all that shit. And yes, He is still coming back from his hamstring injury. But this man so far as a Cincinnati Bengal, let me pull this up. Oh, my goodness. He has. (laughs) This man has six catches for 32 (laughs) yards and a 5.3 average yards per catch. Come on. Come on, Irv. At this point, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Drew Sample is a better option than Irv Smith Jr. If you would have told me that coming into the season, I would have been like, you are crack cocaine. I don't know what's up with Irv. Yes, he's probably still – that hamstring's probably still bothering him, but still, though, like what are we doing? I think Mitchell Wilcox is a better option than Irv Smith Jr. right now. Hell, Tanner Hudson, Zach Gentry, I don't know. But I don't want to slander Earth, but dude's not producing right now. And
1: it's kind of annoying.
0: So I think that's my negatives from this game. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, T. Higgins. I know T. still is dealing with that fractured rib. He suffered against the Titans. I just think that so far this year, he doesn't look like himself. He's dropping passes that we know that T. Higgins doesn't drop those it's so rare that he's dropping those type of passes from Joe birds especially the easy ones I, I don't get it and I, I still think that T Higgins is going to have a breakout game I am not saying that oh, all Higgins sucks no he does not he is definitely when he's on he's definitely a top 10 receiver in this league he's not showing that right now so far this year He is still injured. So this bye week is coming at a perfect time for T. He just needs to reset. And I'm looking forward to him having a good second half of the season. But so far, the first six games of the season for T, it's not good. And we need better production from him. And I believe we will get it from him. So, yeah. Those are my negatives. What do you got?
1: Yeah. And, I mean, if you're doing the math at home – Irv Smith Jr. is averaging one catch for five yards per game. <laughs> so, he's basically non-existent. Um, uh, I have a couple notes about him on our uh, direction after the bye, but for just the negatives for now. So, I'll give Volson a break for this one for the most part. However, I will say that, you know, the, uh, the, the phrase, even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. So, I... I don't have much nice things to say. I, I'm i proud, I guess, that he didn't shit the bed once again. But, like, I still don't think he should really be a starter in the NFL at this point. Um, but maybe he'll prove me wrong the rest of the year. Maybe this is a turning point for him. Something happened that he figured it out, and he's going to start playing better the rest of this year. But um, I guess, hope, I guess we'll... We'll see. We'll see if this was a an anomaly game when we play San Francisco. So oh, very quickly. If he's if he's actually making oh, a God. turn or if he just <laughs> got lucky one game. Um, I generally speaking, the first two drives were really great, but throughout the rest of the game, after those two drives, still some head scratching play calling moments. Um, a little more variety than normal, so I liked generally speaking how we called the game but still some ones that i'm confused about and i mean callahan's on record from an interview he did saying that we have to be better than we've been which is great like thank you for the sentiment but what are you and zach gonna actually do about it like (laughs) are you just saying like yeah we have to be better it's like okay great how how are you gonna be better what are you going to do to get better? And you don't have to tell me that, like as long as you're actually doing it behind the scenes. But what I don't want is them to just continue saying this shit like Zach Taylor used to do um, about building the culture, you know, he did for like a year and a half. And technically he was right and did it. But like, I I would like to see the same things happen on this end where it's like, okay, if you're going to say that, let's back it up because this offense has looked very stale at times in games this year. And we need to find ways to, incorporate more of the plays that have gone really well and stop running the dumb plays that we know aren't going to work or have not worked yet. Um, so a couple more negatives, but that's that's a big one. Uh, it seems like the injury is minor for Orlando Brown. Um, it doesn't seem like oh. there's much, much concern about that. So I originally had that as a negative because he was playing very well on Sunday, and so I don't want him to, to miss any real time. But it doesn't seem like that's a concern, which is good. Um, we only ran the ball 15 times as a team. And I think early on, Zach Taylor realized that we weren't running the ball well at all. I think we had three yards per carry, um, throughout the game, which obviously is not very good, but I mean, it's just 15 times is not a lot at all, Um, (laughs) but that's pretty on par, I guess, for what Zach Taylor likes to do. So whatever. (laughs) We got the win, but uh, T Higgins, I agree with you. I think he'll figure it out. Maybe the bye week will be good for him to just like take a week off, rest the ribs a little bit and try to find a way to figure it out. Cause he's, he, I mean, he's his entire career so far with us. He's been an excellent jump ball, one-on-one man coverage, beater kind of guy and he just like it looks like he forgot how to catch which like I is very 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 uncharacteristic of him which is why I think he'll figure it out but um I hope he does cuz that's been it's been a negative cuz T's always T has been for the last few years one of my favorite guys on the team and it's it's just kind of sad to watch This was kind of well I don't know so I mentioned this one in the positive. We're two for two on red zone touchdowns, but we only got to the red zone twice. And I just don't like no disrespect to the Seahawks, but the Seahawks defense is not like, as far as I know, not exactly a top five defense in the NFL. So like we have to be able to get to the red zone more often because yeah, I don't know it's There's so not so frustrating, just, we, we have to get there more often. Yeah, Ugh. Ugh. that's pretty much it for negatives for this game. So overall, way more positives than negatives. Some negatives that are confusing and frustrating, but um, for the most part, lots of positives, and we got the win, which is the biggest part at the end of this.
0: I just thought, yeah, those are those are good. I just thought that when you know you knew the Seahawks were going to make adjustments after those first two Bengals touchdowns. I just hated how Zach Taylor and Brian Kelly are like. Oh, oh. They're probably, you know, talking to each other in the headset. Like, oh, what, what are we gonna do now? It's like I don't know. I don't know. They got like probably. I don't know. They got scared. They're probably like, shit. We don't know what to do now. It's like, you you guys have how many how many games do you guys coach in the NFL? Like teams are gonna make adjustments. It's it's up to you guys to you know figure it out. Like holy hell, it was just it was frustrating. Like you said, the Seahawks. Great run defense, but their pass defense were not good heading into this game. And we made them look like the 1985 Bears (laughs) pass defense. It made no sense. I just – I don't know. I I don't know. That that frustrated me because it felt like the Bengals were going to score 40 or more points in this game. And to only score 17, only 14 points on offense, like, I don't know, man. That was – I was really upset but we got the W. You can never apologize a win. Never apologize for a victory, especially an ugly one. And ugh, you're going to have those type of games where the offense looks like shit. But it just felt like the off- this, was, this was the game where I really really thought the offense wasn't going to go off again. And it was just kind of really just disappointing. And Zach Taylor and Brian Kelly are saying, well, we need to be better. And, like, I've heard this shit so many times <laughs> by Bengal coaches saying that things will get better. It's like, we will fix this. It's like, well, go ahead. I, I read that quote, and I'm just like, hmm. I, I just, I, I kept scrolling on Twitter. Like, it, it didn't really give me, like, oh, yeah, they're going to really fix it up in the bye week. Just show me. Show me, goddammit. Just show me. True. <laughs> These are said and done. Oh, but we're three and three, and we're not two and four. Okay. So the Bengals, three and three, as we said, heading to this much needed bye week. with six games in the season, which is crazy. Oh, my stance on this team right now, <laughs> they have a lot of things they need to work on. But I feel like with Joe Burr finally back to being himself almost. I think that that's a big positive heading into this next stretch of games and obviously the second half of the season for the Bengals. I still think the running game needs to get going. I sent you the stat of Joe Mixon's games so far when it comes to rushing. He's been okay, but he really hasn't had a huge game where he went for where he goes for like over 100 yards. I'm still waiting for that. But also, that's on coaching. Coaching, you need to... Come on, guys. Come on, Zach. Come on, Brian. Run the fucking ball. It's about to get cold real soon. And Joe Mixon, he excels pretty well when the conditions gets pretty cold. Example, the AFC Division of the playoff game against Buffalo, where he ran the ball really, really good, over 100 yards. Just saying, you got to establish more of the running game here in the second half. And then, I think T. Higgins, like we said... I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to have a good second half. I'm not worried about Jamar Chase. I'm not, well, we should not be worried about Jamar Chase. He's always fucking open. 7-Eleven, damn it. Get those shirts, by the way, on 7-Eleven.com. Anyways, um, it's not a sponsorship, by the way. But on this podcast, just saying. Um, <laughs> Jamar Chase is going to do Jamar Chase things. He's going to continue to be an elite receiver. Yeah, we, we're not going to worry about that. But I think T. Higgins will have a bounce back second half. And are we gonna get any production from the tight end room? I'm not a believer in Irv Smith. I want to, but I just I just he hasn't his sample size not good. Put in Drew Sample. Damn it. <laughs> but he's there for blocking. So Irv, let's be better in the second half, okay? You should not. Right now, your stats are you only have 32 receiving yards. By the end of the season, if you're not over a, like over 150 yards receiving, we we might have problems. We might have problems. But then again, I feel like the Bengals and their system, they don't like tight ends, man. They, they I feel like Joe Burrow's like, "Yeah, I got a tight end, but it's like, you know what, fuck it." I don't they don't really throw to the tight end as much. Then again, we don't really have good tight ends. I mean, yeah, we had Gesicki and Ada Hurst, but the Bengals don't really it's not like a big focus for them when it comes to tight ends. I don't know. That's just them. And then I think the offensive line. As it gets colder, I hope that the Bengals start running the ball. I feel like the O line is going to continue to get better. And let's just pray that Cordell Bolson in this game he can gain some confidence. Let's see what else. The defense. I want consistency. Like, that was a great game, obviously, against the Seahawks, but it needs to be consistent. And the run defense still needs to be better. Obviously, they did well against Kenneth Walker, but you got to be better, especially as we get to face off against the Ravens and the Steelers. Then you got the Niners and Debo Samuel. And then who else? We got... Got the Texans. Do they get Texas? Gonna go running back. Who's their running back? Do you know?
1: Damian Pierce. He was a rookie last year. He's solid. He's nothing spectacular. Yeah. But he's not bad.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think the Bengals' run defense still needs to get better. I want the pass rush to be what they have been over the last three, over the last two games. Be consistent. Getting to the quarterback. If Trey Henderson can stay healthy, I think that it's gonna bode well. B.J. Hills having a really, really solid season. I want continue development of Cam Sample, gain some confidence from this game. And then when it comes to the cornerback room, I think DJ Turner is probably going to get more snaps than Awuzie. I think Awuzie's back is still bothering him because there was one play in this game where it was, I believe it was second and 21 after the Seagulls got called for a penalty. He got beat on a long pass play. I forgot who caught it for the Seahawks, but whoever the receiver from the Seahawks, he burnt a Woozie-Yay. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then after that, it was pretty much you saw DJ Turner out there in the field. So I think that we're going to get more of DJ Turner out there more. But obviously Chinnadu is still going to be a factor for this defense. CTB continues to just continue to play well. Um <sighs> I think that's pretty much it. If I have to say what's what's my overall confidence level of this team to win a division or make the playoffs, right now, if I have to say from a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I am so confident, uh, I think I'm at a a 5 right now. It's just because I still think there's still more work to be done when it comes to the running game. And obviously, Joe looks good, but it's like he needs to continue to get better because he didn't play well, obviously, in this game after the first two drives. And then the defense still needs to be consistent, and we still need some other pieces from this team to step up. So I'm at a five. I mean, my console's level before the after the Titans game was probably at a two, so it's climbed three spots. So we're just we're getting there. Just baby steps after baby steps.
1: So what do you got? I'm probably at a five, too. I mean, not super confident, but definitely there's definitely been some struggles and things we need to fix, um, which I'm hoping we can use the bye week early on in the year to get ourselves on track for the rest of this year. But still been some flashes of excellence. So there's a lot of good stuff as well. So I think five is appropriate. The good news is we're honestly right in the thick of it in the AFC North which is really really good for how shaky we started off the year. I mean, we're we're right in it with everybody else even at 500 going into the bye week. So let's just use this early bye week to get healthy for the rest of this year and have a good plan of attack for how we're going to come out of this bye week strong, but we're right in it in the division that we're trying to win first and foremost. So good spot for now. Um unfortunately, we're still dead last in the league for in-air yards per attempt and air yards per completion, which is not a great way to try to win games. However, we are fifth overall in the league in Yak, so even though all of the catches are shallow, we're at least taking them pretty far, which is good, and a lot of that is because the the passes are three yards ahead and then we run for four more yards, so it's only a seven-yard catch, but regardless... The yak is good. We'll take that. Also, we saw this a little bit, especially early in the last game or in the in the early games so far this year, but I did see it definitely in the second half in the Seattle game. Burrow right now is fifth in the league in bad throws. So throws that are not considered on target at all. He's like one of the worst in the league so far. Um we were messaging about this, like I felt like there was a stretch of almost 10 throws in a row that were just not good, like behind way too far ahead over the head. Like it just in spots, you can't put them the, the pick he threw. If you want to go your one V one, you like Jamar chase in any matchup. He's your guy. I'm, I'm cool with that. But like, if you don't have the confidence to get the throw where it needs to be placed, then maybe we need a different outlet for those situations. Cause he was covered for sure. Um, if you're going to throw that, you have to throw it over the top. And if you're going to miss him, it's fine. Like, it's, o- it's okay to take shots and miss them sometimes, but you can't miss shallow where the corner is sitting when he beats a guy. So that was just not a good throw. There were several examples of that. It felt like everything was too low or too behind, and which, again, is just uncharacteristic for Joe Burrow and not how he looked at all during the first uh couple touchdown drives in the early part of the game. So kind of just confusing, but not a good stat regardless. Even though we're definitely limiting the sacks more than normal, Burrow is still hit fourth most in the entire league for quarterback hits. Um, But surprisingly, we're ninth. We have the ninth lowest pressure percent in the league per drop back. So the pressures are not crazy. It's just he's getting hit like right after he throws it, I guess is what's happening most of the time. So... Got to try to figure out the offensive line. We've been trying to do this for years now, but um, so who knows if it'll happen this year, but it's worth a shot. We are also (laughs) sixth worst in the league in rushing yards per attempt before contact. We've talked about this stat before a few times, but and if you can believe it, which you probably can, on rush attempts, the entire year through six games, we have broken two tackles. So Mixon, I mean mostly Mixon, just can't break tackles. Um, or isn't no other teams are missing tackles against our rushing attack, which is just so bad. So that regardless, that that's a whole separate can of worms, but that's a not great stat, not great look. Tanner Hudson is leading our team in receiving yards for tight ends at literally 48 yards. Um <laughs> Whopping average of eight yards per game from the tight end spot.
0: Get him more playing time.
1: <laughs> He's a beast. God. Feed him. Uh, Jeez. Only 107 total yards from all tight ends on our team through six games so far. I don't know the stat on where that ranks in the league, but there's no way it's not last. Um, <laughs> but on some good notes, our pass rush has been very solid, led by Trey. Generally speaking, I like how our defense is played, especially when they're not constantly being put in terrible spots and definitely some some rough patches and some bad plays. So I wouldn't compare us to, to the 49ers defense quite yet, but I think that they're playing a lot better than the team stats might indicate. A few other things. The offense needs to be able to find more consistent rhythm. It seems like we've been able to find it a couple times a game, but especially when we get later in the year and we're starting to try to stack up wins. We're going to need to be able to score more points to put a little bit less pressure on our defense. Um, so hoping we can do that. I still very much think that we can make the playoffs. We honestly are getting, we were about to get into very dangerous territory if we did lose to the Cardinals, but thankfully it seems we use it as a little bit of a spark. Um, our run defense is played, played better against Kenneth Walker, but still is not very good, which makes me nervous, especially as we get into the colder months And a lot of these teams are going to start pounding the rock a little bit more, but I mean, overall our defense has been playing well and in wins, we are winning by an average of seven points, but in losses, we're losing by an average of 16 points. So when we're winning, we're winning close when we're losing, we're getting blown out. Um, Uh, So we need to figure that out. I don't know how much there really is to figure out there. It's just like when we're in close games, we seem to be winning more of those than, than we lose. But when we're losing, we're losing bad. And whatever team has our number really has it that day. The last thing, and I know we, we're, we're going to get into our schedule after the bye week here, so I don't want to take up too much time on this. But one thing that I, talk about it. I just am curious about this or what you think about this. Right. So we we know that I'm not the, the biggest Zach Taylor fan as a play caller. I think that <laughs> – I like Zach Taylor for what he does as a head coach. Seemingly, he's a really awesome leader. Everyone in the locker room seems to be behind him hundred percent. The the thing, and I don't want to be like a like a Bengals conspiracy theorist or whatever this is going to be, but like as an offensive play caller and our offensive coordinator being Brian Callahan, and I'm not like trying to say that he's a scrub. I honestly don't know a whole lot about him as his offensive coordinator abilities, but our offense. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Chase Brown, if we decide to ever use him, and more. I just feel like if I was an offensive coordinator looking to like – or or some guy that's trying to get an offensive coordinator position, I feel like our situation would like have some offensive coordinator salivating trying to get here. Like some guy that's trying to make it into the league, like Zach Taylor went from a quarterback coach – for Jared Goff straight to our head coach, but there are other guys that are going to come as like receiver coaches, quarterbacks, coaches, run game coordinators that are going to go straight to an OC job instead of straight to the head coach job. And I just am shocked that no offense, but like that Brian Callahan is our best option and that Zach Taylor is our best option for calling plays. So this just seems like such an awesome opportunity for someone really, really talented and like a, 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 a good offensive mind right. with all of the pieces you could ask for to try to run a just crazy, ridiculous offense. So it makes me wonder if like because Zach Taylor is so like in into calling the offensive plays, I wonder if that's like a deterrent for other people maybe wanting to come here. So I don't know. I just think that's an interesting point. And we can see how it plays out the rest of this year. I'm not calling for Brian Callahan's job necessarily. It's just like when you think about guys like for the Chiefs, like Eric the Enemy, like did so good as an offensive coordinator job. And he's not a head coach, but moved offensive coordinators to Washington with Sam Howell, who like hadn't proved anything yet. And they've honestly been pretty solid on offense so far this year. So it's just like there has to be a guy like that that would want to play with these guys. Right.
0: You would think that's a that's, that's a really good question. I I don't know why we're making it so fucking difficult. You have the star players on this roster, on this offensive roster and it, it just seems like I don't know. It's it's duh. I don't know. That's that's a good that's a good point, dude. I don't know. It frustrates me cuz right now how many points per game are we averaging on offense? Probably not really good right now. I mean, the, first, the last two games – well, the Condos game helps that we scored 34 points. But let's see. The Bengals' offense is averaging
1: uh, – let's see. Jeez, geez, hold on. Probably hold on. about 16, I think, if I'm doing my math somewhat correct.
0: Yeah, something around that bad. Well, obviously not average. It doesn't make sense.
1: It really doesn't. I don't know. That's something that, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting.
0: Like, they're averaging 16.7 points per game. Horrible. Like, (laughs) 16.7. And we only have 100 total points and 10 total touchdowns right yeah golly I'm just look at these stats i'm just getting really just sad right now
1: <laughs> yeah so like and at the lions the lions are excellent i really like dan campbell i, I think that they've yeah. designed an offense and a team around the personnel they have right yeah to me maybe what it really is is it seems like Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, maybe a collab, I don't know, whoever did. It kind of seems more like we they designed an offense that they think would be fun and cool. And either one of two things happened. Either they were really banking on the offensive line, not sucking shit, and they were wrong. Or um, they were not designing an offense around the personnel they have. Mm. and just designing an offense that they think would be good instead of designing one specifically catered for Joe Burrow with the weapons he has, which would be silly because we just made yeah. him like the highest-paid quarterback of all time, and he's clearly the future of the franchise and one of the best in the league. So I don't know why you wouldn't design it after that, but something um, – it it just doesn't make sense to me. Even like the offensive coordinator for the Lions, I think his name is Ben Johnson – probably will get a head coaching job next year. Um,
0: oh, sure.
1: <clears throat> I mean, Joe Burrow versus Jared Goff, I'm taking Joe Burrow every day of the week. Amon Ross St. Brown is excellent, but I'm taking Jamar Chase every day of the week. They don't have TJ Hawkinson anymore. They do have a really good offensive line, but it's just like, how is they got that? got awesome? Way more, like, it's just like names on paper. How yeah. are we not a top five explosive offense in the league? And maybe it's entirely because Joe Burrow is just really hurt or more hurt than we think. And so we can't run the playbook that they've truly designed. And so we're running like 20% of the playbooks. It's all we can do right now. I don't know, but regardless, that's my my thing that I'm going to be looking out for the rest of the year.
0: No, it's actually, it's a good point. It's a really good point. I'm looking at Detroit stat. They're averaging 28 points per game. They have 168 total points and 21 touchdowns. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Like, like, uh, uh, the Bengals' offense, it just just needs to be better. It needs to be better in the second half. Before I go to the second half schedule, I'm going to look at the commanders. I'm going to look at their offense and see what they're up to right now. Let's see. They are averaging 22.2 points per game. They got 133 total points in 14 touchdowns.
1: <laughs> right. And like, and again, those aren't crazy stats, but they're better than ours. And they have really? Sam Howell as their quarterback, who we know is a UNC guy. So we know that I like him, but I don't <laughs> think he's like, he's not a guy that you're going to pay a shit ton of money for to have. He's right. seemingly a bridge quarterback for like, he's serviceable. He's, he's Okay they have Terry McLaurin, who is a good receiver, but like they, they don't have, it's just, (laughs) I don't know. It's just like some offensive coordinators can design such good playbooks that like, you just need someone that's competent to make really good plays. And it's like, you let the play calling speak for itself. We are not doing that. We are just kind of, I don't, I honestly don't even know what we're doing. Like, I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) certainly not what they're doing
0: absolutely not it's going to be interesting to see what this Bengals offense can do in the second half of the season because if they play like they did in the first half into the second half they're they're not making the playoffs let's be real with this tough schedule coming up and let's talk about the schedule after this bye week they go to san francisco to take on the niners who are coming up a loss to the cleveland browns last week now Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey both left the game with injuries. But the Browns do got elite defense. And Brock Purdy probably played his worst game as a pro in that game. And they almost won, but their kicker sucked. <laughs> I, mean, I think he missed like two field goals. He missed a potential go-ahead. I mean, a potential game-winning field goal. He missed it. So they have money in that game against the Vikings. And then they have to play us on Sunday and then after the Niners we have the Buffalo Bills coming to town for Sunday night football and the Bills they barely beat the Giants but the Bills are still a good team but I just feel like we have their number even though we only beat them once and that was the playoff game I just feel like we match up so well against them that I just think we have the advantage but it's still going to be a tough game regardless and they want a revenge too but for some reason, every time the Bills play on prime time, something happens. So, God, I hope it doesn't happen in this game. I'm just saying. And then after the Bills, the Texans come to town, and CJ Stroud is probably going to win rookie of the year. He looks like a ten-year vet, and the Texans—they're a really surprising team. I think mean, not a lot of people thought that Houston Texans were going to be three and three at this point, but they're battling with us in the AFC playoffs and. Who knows? They could be still in playoff contention towards the end of the season. That's going to be a tough game. And then the Ravens in Baltimore, short week, Thursday night football in Baltimore. So those four games, I'm not saying it's going to decide the season, but if if I'm looking at this schedule, Man, it's, it's going to be tough winning in San Francisco with that defense. And who are the Niners? Who's their linebacker? Um, oh. Fred Warner? Oh, my God. Dude, he's, he's an animal. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, gosh. He scares me, man. I'm going to have nightmares <laughs> next week just prepping for this game and for the podcast and, the, and just the preview of it because he is just everywhere. He is the best linebacker in the NFL. And Cordell Volson going up against that defensive line is, I am ready. having – <laughs> I'm having just nightmares right now. <laughs> I, I really hope the Bengals off the line is going to be up for the tax in this one. I really do. And then I think they're going to beat the Bills. It's going to be tough, obviously. Texans game, that's a tricky one. I think they can beat Houston. I think that they're obviously the better team, but it's going to be a tough game. And then at Baltimore, honestly, after the Ravens beat us, they haven't really looked good in their games. Yeah, they beat the Titans in London, but it was a struggle fest for them. I think that, I think they can win that game, but also I can see them losing. So this four-game stretch coming out of bye week, real, 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 realistically, I see two and two. I I want to pick them to beat Baltimore. I really do because they want to get their get back from losing to them in week two. But that's just tough at Baltimore primetime game. But I can I see two and two. And then after the Ravens, you have the Steelers, who are gonna be a factor in this division race. And then you got Jacksonville, Monday night football. We know about the Jags. The Colts are not going to have Anthony Richardson for the rest of the season, unfortunately. So that should be a win. And then the Vikings, for some reason, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, is having one hell of a season. This man has 13 touchdowns and four picks. And Justin Jefferson's on IR with a hamstring injury. So he might be back for this game. But that's a good Vikings offense. So that's going to be a tough one. But I still think the Bengals are the better team. And at Pittsburgh, that's a tough game too. It could go either way and then obviously at the Chiefs and then the Browns to end the season. So it's a it's a tough stretch. They can get those players healthy for this team and then second half stretch, here we go. What do you think?
1: Yeah. So starting off with San Francisco um if i mean if i was the 49ers defense i would just have nick bosa play an interior lineman just go on volson all day <laughs> eat him. yeah i don't i don't like that so we'll see maybe orlando brown feels nice and healthy and gets to match up against him we'll see how that goes but i don't want to say that we're going to lose any game for sure we have joe burrow we have a good team anything can happen We can. I mean, the 49ers just lost, so it can definitely happen. And you have to play the game to see what the result's going to be, but I don't want to play this team, especially in San Francisco. But look, they just lost. Who knows how they'll respond to it, so let's just see. Against Buffalo, Josh Allen is very turnover-prone. He has a lot of really awesome qualities and is a touchdown machine, but he is turnover-prone as well. And we've been, as I mentioned, fifth best in the league about um in the turnover differential so if we can win that battle we can win this game it's as easy as that like if we can't turn josh allen over it's going to be really difficult to win and it is a home game which is excellent we just as you said we've had buffalo's number the last couple of times but it can definitely flip but i i I feel cautiously optimistic about that one um, just on the fact that I, I think we can get Josh Allen baited into a couple turnovers and then try to use that to flip the field. And the good news is they don't run the whole of the ball a bunch, which is a huge weakness of our defense. Um, So that is good too. They probably won't do it just as much as we won't. And this Houston Texans seems is is nowhere near the team or the game that I thought this was going to be as we're looking ahead into the season CJ Stroud has looked excellent, like basically a lock for rookie of the year, in my mind, um, on offense, at least. And D'Amico Ryans really should be a coach of the year candidate, top three or five, if he's not already. Because if you just look at the names on the paper, they had the number two and the number three pick in the draft. They should not be winning games at all, Um, let alone I think they already have two wins. So not bad. I mean, they're 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 a good team, but it's at home and it's still a rookie. Um, I know CJ Stroud is not turnover prone so far. Um, it's unfortunate that he took that cognitive test and determined that he was too stupid to play football. But uh, maybe we can make him get some turnovers. <laughs> uh, um, I actually, I hated that evaluation so much. Oh, that's here. a different tangent. I'll go on. Different... <laughs> um, Baltimore at Baltimore. I hate that we lost this matchup at home already, but they've honestly been struggling offensively more than I definitely thought they would. I know um, you were maybe a little less high on them than I was, but there, I don't, I don't think Todd Munkin has this offense doing near, near, near anything that we thought they might do. So that is definitely winnable, even if it is in Baltimore. Um, No game is guaranteed, obviously, but I, I have a similar idea. I think we can go two and two during this stretch, which would mean we'd end up as five and five, um, with seven games to go, and if we're five and five, we might be okay. And again, you have to play the games. You don't win on paper. But Pittsburgh twice, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Minnesota. I'm. I honestly think that's a four and one stretch right there, which would put us if we go. Let's say we go two and two, then four and one. Then we're what seven and seven, eleven. No, that's wrong. I, I definitely did. Whatever. Where if you go four and one. <laughs> You're nine and six.
0: Nine and six, yeah.
1: Yes. And then if you have Kansas City and Cleveland to end the year, if we somehow can split those in half, we're ten and seven, and that might be enough to get into the playoffs. Um Oof. it's it's not an easy road by any means. I really wish we didn't struggle early in this year because we definitely needed that win against the Titans just to pad an extra win, as silly as it sounds, right. but we needed that one. And I mean, the 49ers just lost the Browns, albeit with an excellent defense that they have over there. And the Eagles just lost to the Jets again, great defense, but no sauce Gardner. Um, So anything can happen, you know, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys earlier, like teams lose games. You're not expecting to lose. And who knows, maybe that's against us. So it's, I wish we were better than 500, but how we looked in the first two games of the year, I think 500 is a blessing go into the bye week, get a little bit healthier, get a good game plan for the next four games, try to come out at least two and two, maybe three and one, and you're in good shape for the rest of the year. Or decent shape, I should say.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there three. Three. So are the Raiders, Jets, Texans, Colts. Browns are three and two. Steelers are three and two. it's just that's That's why I really wish the Bengals would have started off the season fast but obviously your quarterback was not healthy so that didn't help so they got a lot of teams to climb on top pause in (laughs) order to like just get back into like okay we feel comfortable in this spot in the standings so yeah, it's gonna be oh, this. This is gonna be interesting. Second half, it really is. But one game at a time, one game at a time. All right. Yes, sir. Before we, yeah, Before we head off, man. Any trivia from me? I gotta, I gotta do better, man. I've been, I've been <laughs> not doing well on these trivia questions. <laughs>
1: um, I'll, I have two. I'll, I'll let you guess first, and then I'll give you a hint if you don't get it the first time. Okay. We'll see if we can get it. Um. Some of these might be surprising, so we'll see. We'll see how your guessing is doing. So so far in the league, at 71.7%, which of the starting quarterbacks is leading the league in completion percentage?
0: Oh my gosh. I'm gonna say CJ Stroud.
1: Oh, I actually think he's up there, but it's it's not him. It's in the uh, He's in he is in the AFC though. Tua? No, it's Josh Allen, surprisingly. Really? Yeah. What? I know.
0: Not guess Josh I was Allen. shocked.
1: I think I think Tua is second. Um Tua is at like 71.3% or something, but Josh Allen was shocking to me too. Wow. because I don't think that's he's not like he's a touchdown machine, but completion percentage isn't always what he's top five in the league for. Right. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Damn. second one, which player of players that have at least like 30 rushes has the highest average yards per carry?
0: That Miami running back. a Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's you know go. what it is, you know, by the way? Hurry. What's up? Do you know what the number is, by the way?
0: Oh, the number of the the average yards? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna say like
1: 7.9, 12.1.
0: Yeah, the <laughs>
1: fuck. Wow. He has like 30 35 carries for 480 yards or something. Man, like, I know he's hurt, but I, he would be the only one that like if he didn't get wow. hurt, he would have challenged CJ Stroud for rookie of the year. 12.1 oh, is insane.
0: Man. Uh, that's something I would dream that the Bengals running game can have. Oh my gosh! I'll take eight uh, yards.
1: <laughs> shit! I'll take five.
0: Oh my god! Twelve? That's ridiculous. Crazy. What the fuck? Wow! 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 And
1: I'm I hope he gets. There.
0: I hope he. Yeah, I hope he gets healthy because he's really fun to watch. Like he's like. Pretty much, when he gets the ball, you just feel like he's in, he's just gonna take it to the house.
1: I know it does feel like that.
0: Damn, damn. Well, good question, sir. All right, man. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this bye week for sure. But don't worry, we're gonna be back with another podcast next week. We're probably just gonna re re what Jesse? Holy shit! Preview the forty, 40- and then. We can pretty much do a podcast where we just look around and see how Week Seven went around the NFL. Um, sure. Sounds
1: good with you? Yes, sir.
0: All right, man. Well, bye think, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well yeah, you, you have a you have a good bye week as well. Even though we're not playing, but as fans, we 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 need a bye week so bad. Like, oh my goodness, um, this season's going by way too quick. Like I've been like we talked. It just feels like. It, it just feels like it just started, but now we're like we're in the middle of October. And then after this bye week, we're going to do a recap of this Niners game in November.
1: Yeah. Like, that's
0: crazy. Oh my gosh. But that's when things get fun. And I just hope our Bengals can just rest up, fix the shit they need to fix, and then get, you know, come out of this bye week. And if we can somehow beat the 49ers, holy hell, here we go. <laughs>
1: God, that would be such a electric boost to get us through the end of the year.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's gonna be a tough stretch, but as long as as long as we have number nine, and as long as this calf just continues to get stronger and healthier, we have a shot in every game. So Tommy, always a pleasure, my guy. Same time next week. Yes, sir. Bet. All right, we are out. Peace.